Hey, dear Tyler. Good evening. How are you doing? I hope you're good. Um, I trust your day is going on well. I don't know if I have done this, but I assume I haven't. So let me start with Happy New Month. We are into the second half of the year, right? Month of July. Really, uh, the year is moving pretty fast. And I don't know if it's, uh, maybe it's an adult thing or, you know, generally time is just whizzing by. But um, I really hope you're doing well. And I hope that the month has started well for you. Uh, we celebrated, you know, two years a few days ago, last week per se. And thank you so much for all the wishes, you know, people really reached out to us. Thank you so much. And um, from dear Tyler, we're truly grateful, truly appreciative of all the support um, to communities like Jalof Radio. Thank you so much for always sharing our content, always letting people know about us. Um, it's been it's been an exceptional ride so far with Jalof Radio, so thank you. And this is still me reaching out to everyone, you know. Check them out. They're not just a podcast platform, so they're like a radio hub also. So you can get your radio stations via their platform you know they're on android they're on ios so you could download their app and then they also they also have like a web-based um system so while you're at work you know you could just open one of your chrome tabs or whichever browser you use you know just connect with them right so they've been exceptional and then also to my dear tyler community um they've really been been super super great and i'm so grateful uh, i I decided to switch things up a little bit for Dear Tyler um, going forward. I know that there are a lot of things that we can, you know, talk about. You know, I could share stories. I could, you know, share information, you know, contemplations here and there. But I really wanted to go into things that are a little personal or more personal. Typically, in Dear Tyler, we're already a very personal bunch of um, individuals, right? There are a lot of things that we share. There are a lot of things that we we do there's a whole lot of vulnerability right and not just from me but then from a lot of the people that are guests um on the platform but i really want to go a step further in talking about things that we would naturally avoid there's this perception that people in the faith should be prim and proper you know that we have all things figured out and usually when you have any space as a public figure, you know, you've got an image to protect. Most times, with, with good intentions, right? With good intentions, there are certain things that you censor so that people can live in hope. Uh, people can live in hope. So, for instance, I'll give an example. There was a time, you know, Apostle was teaching us about leadership. And he said... There's some certain things that you do not express as a leader because once you do that, uh, it has a way of influencing the attitude of your followers. So, I think there was a time in Zaria, back then there was like usually a whole lot of tension, anything could happen. And there was news that there was like a little uproar somewhere in town. And so while he was preaching, they gave him, you know, a note. And then he just, you know, quietly closed the service and, you know, told everyone, okay, let's go. And so I think the next service, or one of those services, he was just talking about it and he said, do you know what would happen if all of a sudden they saw him panicking? 
Imagine if he just started running out. Now, people look at him for, you know, a certain um, level of confidence, right? So, yes, he's not Lord and personal savior, right? But then we cannot deny that there's something that leaders do. They have a way of giving confidence to a group and to a team. And so he said that he had to manage those kind of instances so that your faith will not dwindle. But then again, there are a lot of times that he has spoken about his own frailties. And the reason why he discusses that is so that we would understand that he's not perfect and that he's still being worked on. That even if he has overcome a certain thing, once upon a time it was a challenge. And through tenacity, commitment and obedience to God, he was able to come out of that situation. right? And so in that way, he's also still giving hope to you because... There's a way you could feel, there's a way that leaders look, you know. Oh my God, these guys are in a position, they have everything, you know. Maybe let's talk about like finances, for instance. And so you see them, you know, financially stable. You never know that once upon a time, um, Apostle always shares this story that it was once upon a time that he would go to Zara Community Market and ask woman to give him about 13 naira without meat that if she gives him meat <laughs> that she'll pay for it but look at it now different story and so that's a trajectory i would love to use in the coming episodes and this episode i'm going to be talking about my addiction now the my addiction is just a title right but then generally we're really going to address what addiction is and you know talk about why they exist um, what feeds an addiction and then how to overcome them right and i'm trusting god that within the coming weeks we'll be able to get deeper you know delve in a lot deeper into some of these things and i'll share personal stories now i've always made this disclaimer that i'm not sharing it to slide myself but i believe that uh, my story can help right my story can help and i believe that you'll receive it from that perspective the parts where god has delivered me you know, I'll definitely let you know parts where I struggle with, you know, you know how to say it and, you know, but the, the, the goal is to help us, right? Because I believe that a lot of us suffer from addictions. Right? So, here we go. What is an addiction, right? Now, I could have gone to, you know, a dictionary of some sort, you know, to kind of like... Or why not? Let's let's use let's find a dictionary definition. I don't think it would be out of place to do that. At least let's just find out what the dictionary says. But then I have my own personal my own personal definition for an addiction, right? So an addiction is being abnormally tolerant to and dependent on something that is psychologically or physically habit forming, especially alcohol or narcotic drugs, you know, an abnormally strong craving. Um, so you get an abnormally strong craving. So typically that's what the dictionary, advanced English dictionary, right, defines an addiction um, as. And, and I would really love to go with the simpler part where it says an abnormally strong craving. Now, um, I would define an addiction as a very strong affinity, right, to 
towards a particular thing, right? A very strong affinity towards a particular thing. That's an addiction, right? Where there is just this stuff that draws you. You're just drawn to something in particular, right? So in the dictionary definition, it talks about a craving, right? But I just feel like it may not just be a craving, but like an affinity towards a thing, right? So it could be a craving. It could be an emotion, right? Still, still goes in line with the whole concept of craving. Now, an addiction is usually negative, right? It's usually negative. It's either that it leads you to a negative attitude or a negative um, expression, or it can result in uh, a negative outcome, right? A negative outcome. So, for instance, if you are addicted to smoking right it's typically negative right that even the um even the the producers tell you that smokers are liable to die young right so there's even a disclaimer there so it's it's pretty bad for your health right so it's outrightly wrong and that could be an addiction pornography for instance right it's another addiction that is outrightly wrong but what about if you're addicted to reading in itself, reading is termed as an honorable habit, right? Something termed a, something that you would consider, no, this is very honorable, you know, read and expose yourself to a whole lot of information. But if you're a book addict and that in turn leads you to not relating with people, it's giving a negative effect, right? Where you can lock up yourself and be so engrossed in a book that you have no idea of human relations um it may lead to broken relationships in the long run right so that too can be an addiction right so that's why i said that it's an um it's it's basically an unhealthy affinity an unhealthy affinity to a particular thing that can that usually has negative consequences now the truth about addictions is that most addictions are emotionally triggered emotionally triggered now i will give you i am highly addicted to soda highly addicted to soda uh coke and all of these fizzy drinks and i know it's wrong i really really do know it's wrong but there's just this trigger in my body that wants something very sweet and i find myself always going to it you know there are days where there are moments where i could go like two weeks three weeks and i'm not taking soda i feel healthy but then that craving just usually does come right um let me let me get to one even though i'm going to make it a separate topic right a separate topic but i've had this strong addiction to to pornography while growing up a very strong addiction to pornography and especially in this our generation you know where the internet is easily accessible to a lot of people you know data is relatively cheap um and the ease of access right so via your phone in your secret place you know you can check a lot of things and and i fell victim to it for a very long time for a very long time and i thought it was my 
I'd always thought that it was just my desire to see sexual content, for instance. Or just my desire to see sexual content. But then I realized that why do I feel bad after every moment, you know, that it happened? Why, were, why, why did I always feel terrible? Why would I do it in hiding? If it was just for the pleasure, you get, why would I do it in hiding? Why would I have to create some form of secrecy in order to do it? And I realized that in, in reality, and I, and I believe that I'm probably speaking for a lot of people, that the desire was not necessarily to watch sexual content. The desire was to get a feeling out of watching sexual content. And usually, it comes from addictions feed deficiencies. Addictions, right? They feed deficiencies. So it's because something was missing that you've created another thing to fill that void. So while growing up in Holland, um, the Netherlands is a very, very liberal country. I don't know much about it now, but I, I know back then, they have, you know, certain places that were designated um, sexual um, content areas, right? So there's a place um, in the Netherlands called Red Light District. And that Red Light District is is basically a legal place where you could sell pornographic con- content. You could go down and watch like live sexual content or whatever you're looking for, whatever sex thing you wanted. It was there. There are um, the little conversations that I had with people. They're not so, you know, typically in Africa, there's this whole level of modesty. Um, Or there's this level of, you know, being a little bit, I'm trying to find the word. The word's not coming, but you know, this, this point where, you're, 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 you're a bit conservative about certain things. Yes, that's the word I was looking for, conservative. And so Holland, it wasn't like that. In fact, there was a channel. So you know how, how people have posters for different things, right? And they give adverts for different things. There was this, this would advertise um, prostitutes on TV. So... And it could just pop up. Usually, it's in the night, but you could, you could um, advertise, you know, prostitution, right? So, sex workers and all of that. And at certain times, around I think around 10, 11, there were certain channels that showed pornographic content. Showed pornographic content. Now, my the the the, the way we we were like the house that we lived in and everything everybody basically had like a separate room so me and my elder sister stayed in one room my immediate younger brother stayed with my mom and then my brother after him stayed with my dad right so somehow um we had like three rooms and then there was like the parlor and all and there were moments where maybe both parents were not around and then i would just go to the parlor you know i knew the time 
and I would go switch on the TV and then just watch all of those things. I was not necessarily being triggered. There was no, like, um, I don't think my mind could process um, the whole sexual arousal. But it was just very amusing content. And sometimes I'll go over to my friend's house and because they had their own room with their own TV, there are many days that we could just watch and, you know, would, like, turn off the volume and all. But what was being peddled to me and to my mind at that time is that the best way to express love and connection with somebody had to be on a sexual level. Had to be on a sexual level. Now, while growing up, that's when, you know, the whole puberty thing started coming in and then body changes and then these certain cravings and affinity for connection came. The only thing that my mind could process as connection was sexual content. Now, I had approached certain people to be able to gain some level of connection, but, you know, like if you've listened to some of my previous episodes, you find out that I said that I wasn't considered a fine guy and all of that. So, what did I go to? I started looking for anything that could trigger a reminder of what I saw. And so I could get pornographic magazines, you know, just look at them. And then from there, I was like, okay, how do I end up easing myself? And then, you know, you flow into the whole stuff about masturbation and all. And I felt, and at those moments, right, when it happened, immediately after, you know, the relief came the guilt. Immediately after the relief came the guilt. And you struggle with the relief. I mean, yeah, you struggle with the guilt for a long period of time. I struggled with it. And then I would just, you know, be very remorseful about it and all. But then go back because the need to connect with somebody was always there. The need to connect with somebody was always there. So, you know, looking at it, you know, thank God for how God has pulled me through it. But I realized something that my addiction to pornography was not because I desired sexual content. My addiction was, like I said, a means of satisfying a certain different craving. And that craving was affection and love. Now, there are different ways of satisfying that need. You know, being part of a community that teaches you about healthy love. Number two is actually being with a partner that can show you love outside of all of these things you know there are different ways of handling these things but i had to come to the point where i realized that the trigger was not my insatiable hunger for sexual content no the trigger was my need for connection my need for love The truth is, many times when we talk about addictions, right, and we'll get into it, many times when we talk about addiction, we end up trying to resolve the issue by cutting the branches instead of uprooting the tree. There is something else that is causing it. There is something else that's causing it. Um, if you have an addiction to a certain drug, it's because of the void of that feeling. So when you take that drug, it gives you a temporary feel of what you've always desired. 
and then once the feeling goes you get into depression and because you don't want to feel depressed you go back that's the only feeling you can remember that's the only feeling that you can remember Tyler and that's what always takes you back to it that's what always takes you back to it and so if you don't get to the point in your life Tyler where you've come to a full understanding of what is the root cause of an addiction you will apply so many principles and you'll end up you know being stuck in the same place now this episode is already getting up to 20 minutes and i know that i can you know talk about it for a while but i think i would you know just draw the curtain here because we have like a full month we're going to be talking about addictions and you know everything and trust me, there's a lot that I want to pour out, you know, a lot of stories I'll tell you. One thing that I want us to get is that your whatever you're addicted to is only meeting a need that you've neglected. There is something that is truly, truly leading you to those things. Especially when it comes to things like pornography, drugs, drinking, alcohol, you know. Because, okay, let me take, for instance, like soda, for instance. I've taken water for a long period of time and I found out that um, I really feel better. Then my tongue begins to just misbehave and I just crave all of those sweetness, 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 sweetness. And, you know, sometimes I fall back into it and then, you know, you just realize that you really didn't need it. Your body just realized that it had a craving and it, it, it triggered all that it could to be able to get you to, to give it what it wants. But then you can really realize that if you tell yourself no, I, you, you really would. Your body, your body is a slave. Your body is a slave to your mind, typically. A slave to your mind. So, like I said, it's very important for us, Tyler, to figure out what is the real reason. And I can tell you that a lot of times, right, people that suffer from an addiction or a thing is, is usually because they're looking for a way to connect to something that is lacking in their lives. And this is why our relationship with Jesus is so important. So important. Because there are a lot of these voids that only Jesus can fill. You can try a lot of things, but every other thing will just give you a temporary satisfaction. And so, whether if it's pornography, whether if it's drugs, whether if it's drinks, alcohol, whether if it's social media, whether if it's, you know, movies, you know, whatever it is, whether if it's books and all, within that moment, right, within that moment you get satisfaction. But the sad thing is that it's always temporal. And what we need is to find a permanent solution. Something that irrespective of the season, irrespective of the environment, you are guaranteed complete satisfaction. Every addiction seeks to make you its slave. Every addiction seeks to make you its slave. Every addiction seeks to make you its slave. And you need to understand, like I said, we're going into this deeply, but you need to understand that every addiction didn't start as an addiction. 
it was a gradual process of being fed a certain information and you're you're giving into that particular thing right led you into having that addiction and so you think about people that are into alcohol they you know and then especially getting into points of drunkenness it started with one started with one bottle or you know just a sip here and then and then once it gets you to the point of climax right where you've satisfied it just puts you on that cloud nine feeling right um it now leaves you desiring more now leaves you desiring more and then you go back um i had this cousin of mine that was really into drugs I know when I when I had my discussions with him he made he made a statement and he said I asked him I was like hey bro why do you always do this he said there's just this feeling that it feels like another layer is on top of him now I cannot relate with that but there's this feeling of you know euphoria that you get and a lot of times if you notice chronic drinkers are people that are highly depressed or people that have addictions are people that are highly depressed because within the moment of satisfying that addiction right they are actually closing the gap of that void in their life so if you've noticed you have an addiction for something the truth is that your addiction is only an expression of something else that you're not treating it's very very important for us to figure this out Tyler. And I believe that within the coming days as we talk about addiction that God is really going to give us help, right? And we're going to pull through these things. We're really going to pull through it. Whatever the addiction is, we're going to pull through it. Right? We're going to discuss everything about addictions, everything about addictions. You know, apparently like I said the prevalent the prevalent ones are pornography, alcoholism and social media right so like today now there's this new social media app that came out thread and you know the addiction of the you know just being in a place where you gain validation you just like seeing your followers grow and then in reality what it, what you're really why you want to be on the app is not necessarily because the app is giving you anything intrinsically it's only a way of satisfying that need of growth of progress. So you've 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 equated it to a system of judging that you're making progress. So you started off the day with two followers and now you've got a hundred followers. It gives you that impression that you're making progress. Do you understand? And so it the, the real reason why you stay on that app, right? Yes, some contents can be there, fun and everything, but it's just that need to grow, you know, and feel some level of connection. And if you don't deal with it, it will soon become your point of validation. The day you find out that your followers drop, or the day that you find out for the next three months you're just on 122 followers, you will feel useless. And then you now start thinking of other things to be able to meet a certain need. Do you understand? So you think that, okay, I need to spend more time on social media, I need to create more content, I need to do this, I need to do that. And then you're gradually, you know, entering into that web of being stuck so there are a lot of things um, about addiction that have to do with the mind and we're going to go into it i hope i'll be able to collaborate with a lot of people 
and, and anyone that truly is hearing this and you know has some insights about addictions why not let's collaborate you know let's share stuff about it and let's see how we can help people through addictions is that okay right but final thoughts there is a way out tyler there is a way out you don't have to live consistently in your addiction you don't have to live consistently in your addiction right you can actually overcome it and god has given us a way out of it right god has given us a way out of it so um father we thank you for this particular topic of addiction lord i know it's very difficult even for me as a person to speak about a lot of things that i go through and even to speak about things that you have delivered me from i thank you for the ones that you've delivered me from and i know that through these things lord that we would be sharing in the coming weeks that people would really be changed people would really be transformed people would really experience the liberty that you bring thank you father because your grace is more than sufficient for us to be able to come out of any addiction thank you father in jesus name we prayed amen and so this is me you know please share this with other people and let people know about this particular um topic let's discuss it let's discuss it right and i'm sure the things that we share here will be able to help people right so this is me signing out tyler remember that i love you i believe in you and i'm always rooting for you bye